and welcome back to the Affinity Collective Action Broadcast, ACAV, your one-stop shop for shenanigans, news that's going on, some tree facts, tree of the week, solidarity satsumas, where we show solidarity with different shit happening in Ireland, globally, and in outer space. Um, so, my name's Eleanor, you might recognize my voice from earlier podcasts if you listen to this podcast and with me i'm joined by the magnificent the wonderful um cassandra here again um yeah gracing your ears with my chalkboardy voice i hope you enjoy (laughs) it um and also this week joined by morgan uh, kind of new to the podcast, but very happy to be here for banter and a good old uh, cranking and a little bit as well of hope to put in these dark times. You know, we do love a bit of cranking on the podcast, you know. Hell yeah. Always need a bit of both. Three beautiful voices. <laughs> yeah. So we're not we're not together in the same physical space as as you might have guessed because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Ireland's got some new new restrictions, old restrictions, uh, rebirth restrictions um, that will go on forever till the end of time. It would seem. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll never... it's, no, no, they'll, they'll open the economy up in a few weeks and then everything will go back to the way it was. And then they'll close down three weeks after that and be like, well, we have to close down for another six weeks now. You know, hope you weren't hope you weren't looking forward to summer or anything. You know? <laughs> well, until the world learns to adapt. There's loads to do in 5K. It does, it does. Yeah, we've um, we've well, we've. I, I I wish the government would learn to adapt and fucking just implement a zero COVID policy, and then we could be like Australia and New Zealand. You know. I wanna dance in. In the presence of strangers, where we can sweat on each other and not worry about germs. Yeah, I mean we're a tiny island. It wouldn't take long to be zero COVID, but for some it would reason, not. it would not take. Our long borders at all. are would... open, but you can't see your friends. Yeah, um, like I mean, like this is this is it, right? Like this is like the, the like the government has just chosen. Uh, do we let 500 businessmen into the country and let them do their thing uh, without restriction? Or do we have our population be able to do their thing without restriction? Hmm. 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 I mean, it's never been, it's never uh, been okay, much okay. Of, a, of a decision process. Like, business has been the business of Ireland for quite a while now. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is, this is very clear, very obvious in, like, our COVID response that, like... There's been next to no regard for people, and it's just like, yeah, we're open for business. Come on in, boys. Bring your bring your briefcases. I hope they're full of the coronavirus. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I I actually thought that we'd had the mandatory quarantine um, buzz in oh, no. for quite a while, but no, no it's up up until like. Up until like six weeks ago, not even six weeks ago, uh, we didn't have any restrictions at the border at all. It was only it was only after this uh, British variant was detected in this country or whatever that they were like, okay, well, actually we have to do something to stop people bringing the virus in. Holy shit! Um, and that's that's the yeah. whole problem as well is that measures are always put as emergency and as a pseudo repair instead of prevention, which should be the whole business of pandemics and global health security. Should be all about prevention, but I mean, apparently I mean, decisions are always 100%. taken 
uh, after things get really bad and not before. Yeah, because, well, yeah, well, that's because uh, the the bulk of the fallout is felt by the, the working class. So, like, obviously the fucking government doesn't give a shit. And they're not going to do anything to, like, stand in the way of, you know, uh, business opportunism uh, during the fucking pandemic. Which is why they've, like, this is, which is why, you know, the, like, Ireland has had, like, zero, uh, basically at this point has zero fucking uh, additional, like, uh, state supports for people. I mean, I think, I think, I don't even know if you can still get PUP anymore. Is it still available? It is, yeah, um, on account of the new intense lockdown. So that is that is okay. something. We do have one of the best schemes um, in, in Europe. Like, I think in the UK, we'd all be a lot more fucked, especially as an immigrant, when it comes to receiving state support. So that's one positive. <laughs> I mean, you say that, you say that, but, like, I, I, like, I have a friend, and, like, she was... She lost her job just before the pandemic hit, or rather, she quit. Um, so she was out of work, and because she's living with her parents, she had to apply for you know uh, job seekers or whatever. And like job seekers were like, oh well, because your parents are making this amount of money, we're gonna give you uh, thirteen euros a week. There you go. That should get you through. Mm. So like. Yeah, there's a really shit sort of gap in between, like, if you've left your job and then if you were fired, the latter is super beneficial and sometimes more beneficial economically or financially than, than it would have been for people working. But if you didn't have a job or you quit it and, or you were fired before the PUP came in, then it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really shit bullet. I I won't mention um, exactly where I'm working at the moment, but I am an essential worker uh, and uh, there has been, we, we have had to change employers in December and uh, while at first it wasn't really clear why, it became very obvious that because of the crisis, our former employer, which was a charity, uh, could not afford to pay us anymore and uh, had to pass us over to a, a multinational catering company who could afford to employ us, not because they were better at making money, but because they were receiving government a governmental aid uh, to pay us, which the charity wasn't getting. And that, to me, makes the whole difference. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we go on to some segments i feel like otherwise there's a runs the risk of us chit chatting rent, 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 government and the rona forever <laughs> yeah the government totally sucks there's a pandemic it's difficult the governments haven't changed <laughs> from um so what would you guys like to start off with well, um, let's maybe do um, the tree of the week. Yeah, so we had this idea as we're learning to like more streamline our podcast and make it more interesting and have cool segments. We have lots of ideas for, for fun little ones. But for the past couple of weeks, uh, we've been a couple of weeks, couple of shows. We've been doing uh, a tree of the week because we all like trees and they provide us with a lot of inspiration and hope. Um, not only through stories and their beauty, but also their ability to sequester vast amounts of carbon when they're allowed to just be in their natural form. And then we have increasing biodiversity. We've got the worms, the microbes, the birds, the squirrels, and it's all great. So we are all talking about the holly tree. 
before we started recording. No, we weren't talking about the holly tree. That was last week's tree. We were talking about the hazel tree. Um, so the hazel tree is is a class tree. It's really nice. It's quite small. Um, some people call it a wild child. A real eye-catching. And its nuts are dope. They're super tasty. And also, I found out that they're called filberts, which I found really, well, I wouldn't say shocking, that's an overstatement, but really surprising. Filbert just, it surprised me. And I know some people in North America call them um, filbert trees. So they are born out of the female flower and uh, yeah, they're super delicious. People believe that they have like lots of magical alchemic properties. People would brew them into drinks and and eating them is good for your brain and yeah so where did the name filbert come from did did hazel transition is that what that happened (laughs) from now on you must call me filbert (laughs) yeah i mean i mean where did the name filbert come from why filbert yeah i i don't know i know they're called cob nuts like i'd heard cob nuts before but certainly not not filberts um but yeah it seems it's quite a a funny a funny name to my ears anyway it's um, definitely definitely sounds very american to me yeah and the, the males uh the male part of the tree is called catkins and uh, that's also a name that just sounds funny to my ears but yeah they like to they like to grow in well-drained soil and their wood is really 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 flexible and because they're quite small trees the the branches that can come off it can be quite small and they're quite easy to weave into baskets and rods and um they used to be made into headdresses and this was done so to ward off evil and demons and also people used to make water rods could definitely use a a hazel tiara right about now ward off all the evil spirits yeah, that's like, I have a really visual brain, so when I've been talking about this, all I can picture is the collective with hazel crowns, and it's a pretty glorious sight. Oh, uh, I God, also amazing. <laughs> yeah, I found out that the wood for hazel trees um, is also it's, it makes really an excellent charcoal for when it's burned and it smells nice. But the crayons and gunpowder are made from the charcoal of hazelwood yeah that's that's so cool actually Mm -hmm. Uh, theoretically we could make our own crayons on on the the land right that would be amazing that would be pretty cool do you think the crayons would protect us from evil and ward off that we do (laughs) (laughs) us running towards the doll with our crayons made from (laughs) hazel ash (laughs) um and Maybe. yeah the branches apparently help protect you from snakes as well and any other creepy creepy beasts that are specific to the ground oh. and yeah i was saying well, earlier they don't typically fall victim to epidemics um so your, your hazel tree is covid nice. free congratulations <laughs> all hail the hazel this is the year of the hazel tree <laughs> yeah. hopefully yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. That, that was that was a wonderful tree of the week segment. Wonderful. Yeah, I had this like sort of dream just there of like the Affinity Collective zine in the future 
like having a, a free a free tree seed with every issue that would complement the tree of the week. Nice. Um, that would yeah. that would that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, plant your own tree. <laughs> that would just just be an amazing thing to do on the land in general to just have like a seed giveaway type thing, you know. Yeah, well, actually, shout out to the Irish Seed Savers Association, who are just a bunch of absolute amazing babes out in Clare. And I think every March there's the the like the national national annual seed exchange, and it's just this wonderful, beautiful event with beautiful people, and everyone brings seeds that they've collected over the year or seeds they have in excess, and they're all like laid out on this table, and everyone can just go in and like swap seeds with each other, swap stories. Top Hope and I know Irish Seed Saver is probably one of my favourite places in Ireland um, but that was actually the last event that I went to before the coronavirus got like uh, you know legit it was early March of Spooky. 2020 yeah mm. but speaking of solidarity um, perhaps uh, I believe uh, Morgan, you have uh, someone that or a a group or organization that you'd like to give a yes, shout out to. Yes, absolutely. So the organization that I uh, discovered very recently, Ashley uh, Ella, uh, is a, an organization that has a YouTube channel and they do videos quite regularly about uh, very important environmental topics and always very focused on Ireland from food sovereignty to different legal issues that could be uh, threatening our handling of uh, the climate crisis. Uh, they bring uh, several specialists uh, to discuss these issues uh, and every video that I have watched so far is always extremely informative. Uh, so they do absolutely brilliant work and I really, really recommend uh, checking them out. So if you want to uh, check them out, you can check on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, sorry. Shli Ele, S-L-I and then E-I-L-E. -E. Uh, so uh, please have a look. It's uh, probably going to be extremely pedagogical. Pretty cool, actually. Um, we might get our editors maybe to put a link to their channel in the description of this podcast, maybe. Hell yeah. And what does Schliella even mean? Um, so, Eleanor, I think you are uh, the most informed uh, when it comes to Irish in the group, considering that I'm not native <laughs> and all that. But I think yeah, you said earlier that yeah, Ella could that... be meant other and that she meant walking. Was that it? Shli is like way and, and Ella is other so I just think it's a beautiful name you know the other way yeah another way Very... we can be so much better mm -hmm. <laughs> there is mm -hmm. another way there's yeah. always another way yeah and if you're buzzing around Ireland as you're in the countryside you see a lot of walks that will begin with Shli and a little yeah. arrow down a beautiful idyllic overgrown country road and you know there's gonna be some, something magical and beautiful <laughs> There yeah. to behold. <laughs> God, I, I just, uh, I just want her back. I just want her back, girls. <laughs> um, cool. Thanks for that, Morgan. That was that, that was, was great. that was great. Yeah. And uh, what about those people living in the trees in London? Yeah, you were you were mentioning that there was. Um, like, I I had no idea about this until today. I saw something briefly about it on Twitter, and I was like, hmm, "There's not really much going on here. I don't have much to go on." But then you mentioned earlier it's something about the HS two. Is that what it's called? 
Yeah, so the HS2 is news to me as well. Um, so I, I had a little look out. So basically, solidarity and kudos to all the people in trees in London protesting against the biggest load of shite <laughs> in terms of the history of transport infrastructure. So it's a, basically, it's a planned high-speed rail. And I think it boasted and promised like this incredible environmentally forward future um, solution to, you know, how congested London is all the time they're like we're going to build this amazing high speed railway and then everything's going to be peachy and it's going to be saved but it's just it's proven to be a bunch of um, just, just a big flop in a lot of ways so it's so far a modest 61 billion pounds um, so modest. already that's that's that I mean that's just it's really hard if you're you're really struggling right now due to the coronavirus if you were before you certainly are now you know and so that's a huge amount of money coupled with the fact that studies and research through science have concluded that the construction alone will ensure that it can eventually offer no net reduction in carbon emissions it will increase noise pollution decrease air quality and as well as that, it's going to ensure the demolition of hundreds of homes, the destruction or damage to 108 ancient woodlands with the eradication of 21 designated nature reserves. Now, this is scary because a nature reserve should have a protected status. So this is really undermining that, you know. And London, London, despite all its bullshit and all of its pollution, is actually celebrated as one of the most green um, like capital cities in the world it does have a lot of really cool parks and like protected areas and there's a lot of um, you know love and protection of nature there so um, it's not surprising that at every stage of the construction which has been about a year now it's been rigorously opposed um, and there's been a lot of direct action um, so currently I know there are people living in the trees and their camps have had attempted evictions and I'm seeing a photograph of kind of cranes with people trying to get to the people in the trees oh, wow. to remove them but <sighs> I haven't seen video but I imagine that's a real sort of derpy state of affairs but it's also really beautiful looking camps that people have built with like pallets and yeah just a great community going on and there's a lot of solidarity like London's fucking cold right now it's really hard to protest safely in a pandemic and not ruffle someone's feathers and have them use you know their lack of distancing or lack of isolation as an excuse to undermine their actions so uh I, yeah i think that this is a really cool movement obviously the hs2 is scary because that you know offers inspiration to other developers who might want to do a, a similar thing but yeah just a bunch of shite what are your thoughts so, um yes yeah, so i i'm keen to know more about this actual project is it just an intra london thing or is this hs2 supposed to go out into other cities and you know or is it just for literally just for easing London traffic um so let's see uh I know it's supposed to be I'm just seeing here it's a really exciting European development oh really <laughs> European <laughs> development <laughs> I mean they're still in the continent of Europe but I'm not sure if this is an old web page before they <laughs> were in part yeah um, sorry, I'm getting blasted a bit with news, and I'm seeing also that protesters have built a big tunnel, a 100 foot tunnel. Oh, so, that's okay. what I saw actually. That's what I saw actually. People who were occupying the tunnel. 
so they had basically um some guy had like he was just doing like a, a video recording of himself in there and there were a few people around him but he was like oh i got my food in here now we're all we're all stuffed in and apparently what i heard what i gathered from the video was they had done an interview with um with the bbc and the bbc had agreed that they would not air any of that uh, until the eviction began but of course the bbc being the bbc uh fucking aired that the night before the eviction so they had to like rush to get a start on on, on the um on the uh, occupation of the tunnel which i imagine that these people that the the state the british state is probably trying to get people out of and close down i mean what what is this tunnel is this tunnel supposed to be for um the actual rail to go through or well uh, uh well i'm sure there's i imagine there's people in the the tunnels that may have been built so far although i think this might be an above ground construction yeah it sounds see, like that we don't really know too much we're mostly spitballing but this tunnel was built by protesters this oh okay yeah secretly um, I guess to stop the next stage because they're trying to do some construction and they're like, wait a, wait a second, there's a tunnel here and it's got people in it. How did that get there? So that's really impressive and crazy and dangerous and and risky. Um, that's that's so amazing. We, that's amazing. Yeah, actually. for sure. So there's a, a person called Larch Maxi and they're a veteran activist and proclaimed tree protector. And they said that, like, he and other activists were, like, super prepared physically and psychologically for a long stint underground. So this has been really well orchestrated. And, yeah, well, he's at 48. He's the oldest of four inside the tunnel, the youngest being 18. He's been on school strike for climate for for quite a while. Yeah, that's cool. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's fucking rad. Um... Jeez, makes me want to build a tunnel and <laughs> for the planet. Um, but I think actually this this train is just a UK thing. It seems to just go from London to the to the Midlands. So while it might offer offer some like connectivity for maybe places that are a little bit isolated, it doesn't seem to be worth it at all. It's an insult, like a, financially, to so many people, and then what it threatens to do to the the native areas, some of which that are supposed to be protected is. Is no bueno. Yeah, no, I still, no I still kind of wonder like, what uh, this this mention that you made earlier about the project being European. Uh, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder if maybe this is a project that um, started before Brexit took effect, uh, or after, or if there's a specific reason why it's called European, or if it's just there to, you know, sort of uh, sparkle some pro Brexit reactions. Uh, I I wonder what's really going on there because uh, the UK in general is already in such a state of disorganization uh, and complete chaos. And it's kind of uh, interesting and difficult to visualize who are the decision makers in such a situation, who's pushing for what, uh, because uh, this chaotic state of affairs is exactly what can lead to such absurd decisions because at this stage i think it's it's the only word for it is absurd uh considering the Mm -hmm. present situation Mm -hmm. so i really really wonder what actually happened there if that makes any sense that's it's a good it's a good point i'd like to know too because i only found out about this like i said today so 
Yeah, in terms of the phrasing, uh, Europe, I've only seen it mentioned very briefly in one article, and it could just refer to the fact that they're boasting that it might be one of the best mm. transport systems built in Europe, like because they are still part 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 of Europe, <laughs> just not the European yeah. Union. Yeah. Now, what we all need is a bit more maglev in our lives. Please, can we just build magnets? You got one one set of magnets oh that repels and pushes a train off the track, and then another one that moves it, and there's no it would, friction. And it would amazing. be amazing. Like, I mean, honestly, if, if like imagine if imagine if we had like high speed rail on this island right here, right? You could get from like Dublin to Cork in like twenty minutes or some shit. Something crazy like that. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like, but it's completely feasible, impossible, a hundred percent. And like I I've been on one of these trains. I I was in Shanghai and they have one of these massive trains going from the airport into the actual city. And it is it is it is so mind blowing. Yeah, you know, like I was I was on the train heading in to the city and the train is like parallel to the road. And the cars are moving in the same direction, or the cars on the other side, like there's like a whole, there was like a whole bunch of lorries and shit. And they're all moving the same direction as the train, but they look like they're driving backwards because you're going so fucking fast. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm such a maglev fan girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me too. No, but there's, there's so many different yeah, things and... here. Like, is this like privately funded or is this is this publicly funded? Like, what really is going on there? Because in terms of what could be done for the people, well, con- considering that there was six, considering it was sixty-two billion uh, or whatever yeah, that was probably spelled, private. Spent, I'm, 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 I'm. I'm I'm saying, you know, I'm saying that was probably public because there's no way private money is going into that like like that. Like what they do, what, what typically happens with these things is it's like public-private partnership. So that what that means is uh, public money goes in and private profits come out. So you have all this public money pumped in and then they give the project to a fucking rail operator like Go Ahead or Version or some shit. And then those fuckers just like overcharge the fuck out of people to use the service and make all this fucking profit off of it. And the public never sees any money back <laughs> ever, pretty much. Absurdity, I mean, there again. I, I mean, I don't I don't. No, yeah, I, I don't know for certain, but like, it's a, no, if but it's, it's a, a reasonable quote unquote public private yeah, partnership. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, especially, oh, yeah. especially oh, yeah, yeah. considering, considering, considering the, the use of public funds in, in the UK for now generations, uh, it does make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I wish uh, yeah. welcome the, to the ne- Welcome best. to the neoliberal paradigm. Uh, I wish the absolute best of courage and strength and luck uh to 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 these people because indeed like the 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 way that they're fighting is extremely original uh and it's extremely dangerous uh and it's it's beautiful to at least hear of such solidarity uh so i wish them the very best it's it's really amazing yeah. it's really amazing yeah yeah 100% um yeah cuz there is risk of um it being cancelled um, it was scheduled to open in 2026, but now they're estimating it could be 2028 2000 or 2031. And even people who are protesting are like, well, so much money has been wasted. But I'm just looking at a map of uh, the UK and it just like for the whole size of the UK, it seems to cover like a comically small amount of area or it's like very... <laughs> It's like it's a small V in the middle. Um, and they don't think a train will actually 
go on it until 2032. So that's a big flop. Um, so we have no maglevs or high-speed trains in Ireland, but what I have seen recently is um, a lot of post vans, and definitely most in the city centre are all electric, which is fairly cool. And also some Dublin buses are now electric, and we have some better bicycle infrastructure than we did before. So they're small things, but... I mean, that's like possibly hints at a good direction that we're, that we're going in for sure. Even though some of the new bike lanes sort of end in this really f- potentially fatal chaos. And I wonder if it's like a purposeful booby trap. Because there's this one place I, on the keys that looks like a trap. It's so funny. Yeah, I have, I have a kind of different opinion on the, the um, bike lanes. Because I've seen a lot of them pop up. And like basically what they've done is they've kind of just taken a section of the side of the road and just said, this is for bikes now. And it's like, okay, you're making the road smaller and you're just putting this, but like, it's, I'm like, is this really going to be feasible? You know, is this going to work? Do well, like, cause like, can, can you really do this throughout the whole city? Um, even if they can't do the entire city, I mean, they can't do it all at once. So this does happen in small stages. And as someone who cycles like every day, it actually has been helpful. And there are places now where I feel a lot safer. And that's someone who's been in some pretty hairy accidents. Um, but some of them, like, they'll be on the, the left side of the lane, like as traditional bike lanes actually are in here in Ireland and then on the keys they'll just sort of jump over to the right past one cross section and I'm like what is the way that one goes from left to right across these like two or three lanes of traffic without getting smushed and then also some roads now have like bollards that protect the bicycle lane from the rest of the road which is like especially in places where a lot of cyclists have died so it is nice to like honor people who've lost their lives and be like hopefully no one will ever lose their life here again um, but also hilariously on some of my bike routes I've noticed like how some of the bollards have already been hit by cars and they're sort of like at a diagonal now and I'm like oh geez <laughs> I hope mm-hmm. that's not a, a premonition for the future but yeah. yeah the other thing I will say about the the bike roads or the bike paths whatever you want to call them is um, just a lot of them are just like because they're just basically taken in from the roads it just it seems like you know uh, a lot of cyclists are going to end up breathing in a lot of a lot more fumes and it's going to seem like that's going to cause some kind of public health problems down the way if you have people you know more people cycling but they're every day they're taking in like two or three hours worth more of like noxious carbon fumes coming out of these cars mm-hmm. yeah interesting yeah it's you're gonna unfortunately in any city it's just straight up carcinogenic but i read a book um called clearing the air a, a year back by what's his name kim kim schmedley is a class book but uh it's all about air pollution and it's i felt like i had terminator vision when i was outside afterwards like just seeing <laughs> noxious mm. fumes everywhere but um, you're actually you actually inhale a lot more fumes sitting in a car because the air is just cycling. And a really cool statistic mm. was that if a bicycle lane is just two meters, two meters only away from like the the back of an exhaust of a of a vehicle, you inhale like seventy percent less fumes than you would if you were right behind it. So if you're a cyclist and you're just behind bus, which I am all the time, and I, I like clean my face at the end of the day, and all this dirt comes up, and I'm like, ah, but if I'm, if I'm separated, if I'm separated by like a meter or two, I'm actually inhaling way less shit. 
like way mm-hmm. less shit and also I'm less likely to get hit because I am separated so it is good and if we can eventually like because I noticed what they're doing now is in a places where there were like initially two lanes that's mm-hmm. now one vehicle lane and then the other space is dedicated towards wider bike lanes and sometimes a wider pedestrian path especially now in COVID times and if that can happen and then just have a class public transport in the city and then have the rest of the distance that people need to travel done by like a great public bike scheme that's happened in some places around the world really successfully and actually before I stop taking up too much space in this podcast Ireland is funnily enough and coolly enough one of the best public bike schemes in Europe or it has sorry one of the best public bike schemes in Europe so although it might seem frustrating in these times of like impending climate doom there are some things that are like positive about it Um, but yeah pedestrianized everywhere (laughs) about uh, biking safety and but in biking troubles in general our uh, esteemed member mouse who couldn't join today uh, reminded us to give a big shout uh, to the delivery workers who are currently on strike all over dublin over the terms and conditions uh, of their work uh, so the strike started, I think, at 6 p.m. Thursday of last week. Yes, and they're still currently um, they're still currently on strike. Some restaurants also have shown support, uh, which is which is great. And so, what I just wanted to know uh, what you guys thought of that because personally, I'm. Um, I'm I'm very happy that they go on strike because with the pandemic, some uh, obviously like some lines of work have been completely cancelled, and that can also be tragic. But some have been completely overtaxed, uh, and some lines of work have been acknowledged for that, and some have really not. Uh, and uh, take away drivers and bike riders in general have suffered so much not just from the unduly stress, not just from overwork, not just from being paid for fucking nothing, uh, but also increased uh, danger on the roads and increased attacks on the streets. And uh, yeah, uh, and I just just really, really want to show support uh, to these workers and hope that they get their due because they deserve way, way more than what they get. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm again, we're uh, all here probably in full support. I had completely forgotten about the delivery strike, actually. So it's uh, big ups to Mouse for uh, pointing that out for us to give them a shout out. But what I, I want to see is I want to see more strikes from a lot more different, uh, very walks alike. Like there, there has to be, there has to be. And I think um, th- we're going to see it. I think we're seeing it somewhat a- around the Western world right now. I think the working class has kind of had it with um, with kind of global capitalism right now. I mean, uh, people are very, very pissed off with the state, with the state of affairs, uh, with the state of things right now. Um, like just to briefly look at the United States, right? There was um, a Teamster strike that kicked in right on um right coincide with uh, biden's inauguration because uh biden basically uh the democrats had won a senate seat in georgia not too long before that off the back of a promise to deliver uh two thousand dollar uh welfare checks to everyone in the country to help cover the cost of rent uh during these like 
difficult times um, that he subsequently reneged on and reduced down to a mere fourteen hundred dollars, um, which is like barely covering the cost of rent for uh, anywhere in the country. The average cost of rent, I think, in the United States is somewhere around like sixteen hundred or something like that. So, um, like people, people are incredibly pissed off um, around the world, and like. I was just looking today at the at the um, the GameStop stock shorting that's going on over at Reddit. Um, now, I, you, neither of you have probably been following this because, like, I don't know you're not as uh, clued into this stuff. But I, I yeah. So um, what's basically been happening is a bunch of redditors, a bunch of meme lords over on Reddit, have um, gone together and have. Uh, are using personal money, personal funds to buy GameStop stock and bump up the price of that stock and then sell it off all rapidly in order to uh, basically collapse hedge funds that are invested in GameStop. <laughs> in GameStop. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I guess this requires a little bit of understanding of how... Um, uh, Wall Street stock stock uh, stockbrokers um, actually make their money, and uh, basically what they do is this this thing called shorting, which is basically a bet. So you place a bet on a stock on whether a stock is going to go up or down in value, or something like that. And if the stock then goes up or down in value, you uh, you can uh, claim back that bet, and that's called a short. Um, uh, again, if anyone who's seen uh, the movie The Big Short knows exactly what I'm talking about here, um, yeah, yeah, and this is exactly the you know the kind of economic activity that was done by Wall Street stockbrokers that basically caused the fucking financial collapse of 2008 and the entire arse to fall out of the uh, the housing industry in the Western world, basically. Um, so <laughs> these meme lords are basically using using this system to um cause hedge funds to collapse and it's it's beautiful it's fucking beautiful i mean um these people aren't like you know um they're they're not leftists you know but like they're people they're just average american people who um you know can't afford rent can't afford medical bills can't afford anything uh because they've been fucked over again and again and now they're just reaching their limit and uh, getting their own back on Wall Street, and it's fucking beautiful to watch uh, on on many levels. It's it's fucking beautiful. Because um, um, I've seen a couple of things from a couple of posts from people who were like, I had basically a thousand euro or a thousand dollars to my name, and I put it into this stock. And now I have 4,000 euros, so now I can pay for my rent and also pay for meds that my sister needs or something. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is beautiful. This is fucking beautiful. Um, and there's like dozens of stories like that. Yeah, what do you think could yeah, be the consequences I... of that? Uh, the consequences of this is that um, the United States Senate is going to move quickly to pass the it's only illegal when the poors do it and not when Wall Street does it act um, to make sure that, you know, the poors can't get access to the stock market and fuck around with rich people's money. 
um, which is fake to begin with. You know, it's not real. I think we've touched on money isn't real before on the podcast, but like money on the stock market is extra not real um because you know 20 billion dollars disappearing or appearing overnight i mean that's it's not real it doesn't it's not it's not a material thing it's just a fucking number in a machine somewhere um not real uh but yeah um they're they're probably going to move to try and shut down this kind of um self-organized spontaneous working class activity on the stock market because there's no way the ruling class is going to tolerate that i mean you know 10 months into the pandemic asher maybe we'll pass a covid relief bill but we'll tack all these other things out but no, no overnight they will pass a bill to stop to stop this happening i guarantee it and say kudos to the meme lords and also yeah thanks for highlighting the delivery drivers i think that's that's really close to home and hits close to home um like knowing a lot of people who work in that line of work and haven't worked for delivery like a few years ago myself fucking fuck delivery the companies like that multinational corporations coming in and undermining like years and years and years of work by people like sip to to try and establish basic like workers rights and I know delivery drivers have tried to unionize in like small events before and it is really difficult for delivery drivers to to organize because there isn't a base. There is literally nowhere to hang out and like coop and like form a community easily because delivery doesn't provide that. The pay is measly, the conditions are dangerous, they're cold, like they're tired, like every time I see delivery drivers i want to jump off my bike and like just salute and be like fucking like <laughs> if i'm having a hard day at work and then i cycle off from work and it's kind of cold out and i'm like what what a day and i see delivery drivers i'm like not just delivery by the way anyone who is like a just the driver anyone in the gig economy basically for sure and it makes me really bad because i was also when i quit delivery it's because i was assaulted and i got zero help from delivery there's an office in dublin but they don't mm-hmm. do anything they sit on the computer and they eat sandwiches and they're not there to help when you get attacked i'm sure the guards are never there to help the guards don't guards exist don't to help you i say that like i'm surprised but it's dangerous and it's about time they need better working conditions because also yeah like a little loophole in the legislation means that these Drivers are, can be classified as like independent, independent workers, which means yeah. they can be paid below minimum wage for like. It's, yeah. When I joined Deliveroo, I thought it was great crack for the first couple of weeks. I was like, oh, it's like a game, you know, you beat your time every time. It's really fun. And then I was like, oh, wait mm-hmm. a second, I'm getting exploited, <laughs> and everyone's getting exploited. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it's people who can't find any other jobs in Dublin. And it's like dude, the box on your back is so big; it's so easy to get attacked. You're such a target. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the tips like the, the wealthiest people I'd ever do were funnily enough the ones that never tipped and you have to cycle in like strange that isn't actually. it strange <laughs> that yeah it's a bit mad I wouldn't have thought <laughs> mm. Um, mm. but yeah I really hope that something beneficial can come out of this and yeah maybe we can post on our Twitter anyway so we can support yes. support drivers because I, I see yeah. see these absolute legends of the night every almost every day in my life and Talking, it's a hard, it's a hard line of work, and it's not appreciated enough. Yes. And uh, yeah, not not being insured for accident or assaults, it's fucking. So yeah, all, all power to the delivery workers, and all power to the workers in general. And more strikes, please. You go on strike, we will support you. 
and partic- particularly if you're going on strike for you know uh, like because like there's more reasons to strike than just you know bad um bad pay you know your working conditions matter and if you're not if you're not in an environment that is giving you proper health and safety uh in your in your workplace you should absolutely organize together and fight for those fight for that for your own health and safety and for the health and safety of those around you and i think we need to see more of that because um you know uh companies that can skirt the rules on health and safety will do it and you know it, it'll be the workers that suffer and also the the people uh, the consumers in the economy who use those services access those goods and services whatever it is your whatever job it is you're doing whatever customers you have those people will also be affected so um you know they will support you and you know we will obviously support you <laughs> but yeah more strikes more strikes in general yes yeah so do we want do we want to talk about covid conspiracies or do we want to say here for now and and touch on that next time because we have been going for a while and i know eleanor you have to yeah i got a band i would so be up for doing a conspiracy special next time that would be great that would be great yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of mad mad shit going on and that mad shit is growing legs and it really yeah it is it is it's a fucking it's a fuck it's a fucking hydra it's a fucking hydra and we need to tackle that for sure and it's, it's a delicate one as well to know when to engage and when to disengage especially with like friends or family here in the months and it's kind of hard sometimes maybe to like not look down or point the finger and be like ah oh, stupid people believing stupid things instead of that that's never going to work it's trying to elicit you know the sources where are people getting their information did they form these opinion themselves and then kind of having this handheld and let's go explore it together right yes i mean people used to think that disease was caused by sin and you know all this mad shit <laughs> and i don't think that's we believe as crazy stuff these days in society and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of mad yeah there's a lot to cover um, as well because there's uh, like for, i i have had a few a few contacts, uh, a few friends who who did fall to that, and what I see is that most of the time these cannot be addressed, you know, on social media or any form like that uh, in a rational way because this is not about rational debate. It's never been about that. It's about the emotional motives for such things, and unfortunately, the more you exclude it and the more you feed. Uh, that uh, that that anger that people have and that they obviously do not know how to direct. Um, so um, so the few people I have known who who have fallen to that, um, me and and my partner, we've tried as much as we could to uh, keep in touch with them and to try to address the emotional distress that they were into, rather than what uh, they were ranting about and, uh, and and try to prevent it this way. And it has proven uh, somewhat successful. Um, the only way that we've been thwarted in our attempts, of course, is that we, we cannot see these people at the moment. And uh, and, and COVID is, yeah. is a lot about that as well. Uh, people fall more into conspiracy theories when they're isolated, when they're on their own and when they have all of that pent up frustration and they did not necessarily have either the uh, education or the trust in the education that they could get um, to um, yeah. to address it. 
Yeah, totally. So next time, yes. <laughs> the Infinity Collective Action Broadcast, let's talk about how Bill Gates is going to inject microchips in all of our noses. <laughs> oh no, not the 5G, not the 5G coronavirus, no. Coronavirus. the 5G and told Bill Gates what to do five years ago. <laughs> I did my research. I have reliable sources. <laughs> Alright, so much anyone who's listening to this, stay safe out there. Hopefully this is some nice shit for your ears. Support your local people rallying against the system. Yeah. Stay strong. Yeah. Stay inside, stay safe, and uh, yeah, take care of yourself and your loved ones. Don't mm. lick any door handles. Oh, for the love of God, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>